welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Hello from beautiful, heartbroken Minneapolis. My adopted city has erupted into a tremendous amount of pain in response to the death of George Lloyd. People in the community are enraged, they're protesting, they're posting on social media, they're calling government officials. Of course, the news is reporting that some of those protests have turned violent, that buildings are burning, and and yes, that is happening. But the vast majority of, of people are just struggling to take some kind of action in light of a senseless loss of life. And from a psychological perspective, there is such turmoil. There is, of course, grief and fear. There's anger. But underneath all of that in this really dark, deep place, there's this fracture in this basic sense of trust. And I think that fracture, that loss of just basic fundamental assumptions of what's trustable in the world is really at the heart of a lot of psychological turmoil. Police officers are supposed to be helpers and they many, 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 many times are. So this is not a commentary on police in America or anything like that. But in this case, the people that were supposed to be helpers and protectors became inadvertent murderers. And I feel like we're seeing this all over in our society right now. And of course, COVID-19 and the pandemic have really just ripped it wide open because it's so hard to know what source of news, what information, what government official to trust, largely because at least when it comes to the pandemic, good information is not clear. It's not always 100% clear what the right decisions are. So we see human leaders kind of flapping around, struggling to know how to be clear, how to clearly communicate, and how to be trustworthy for the people that they serve. This story about George Floyd came out, at least on my news feed, the same day that a news report was released about Twitter adding a fact check banner or note or whatever to some of President Trump's tweets around the election. And I think those two stories together, while very, very different, obviously, in terms of the level of human tragedy and emotion involved, but the two stories really hung together to me as this theme around people who we are supposed to be able to trust really fundamentally not being trustworthy. It's really hard to overstate the adverse psychological consequences of this. I think when you are around a leader who you don't trust, on some level you're asking the question, am I safe? Am I safe to be human? Am I safe to follow your directions? Am I safe to work alongside you? Am I safe to receive your feedback? Am I safe to make mistakes? In a lot of my consulting work, I feel like I end up talking with leaders who are having difficulty with people on their teams, primarily because the people on their teams don't trust the leaders. And it's 
I think, almost impossible to be an effective leader to people who don't trust you. You will have to work so hard to get your communication across, to get your message across. So in that scenario, the the work becomes not so much the techniques of leadership, but these kind of more foundational conversations about how you relate to someone in a way that builds trust. How do you become a trustworthy person? And I think the conversation about trust can be kind of tricky because we talk about it as this all or nothing thing. And it's really not. You know, I think you trust a waiter in a restaurant to bring you your meals you know, in a safe, clean, timely manner, but you don't necessarily trust that same person with your child or your social security number. You can sort of trust people in specific ways, which is, I think, why the conversation about the police is so, so very tragic, because at a basic level, everyone in the community should be able to trust the police to help keep them safe, protect them, or bring about justice or consequences in a way that doesn't cause damage. Just like with physicians, you know, this basic assumption that we have when we go to the doctor is that they're not going to harm us, that they're going to add value, that they're working towards healing and improvement, that they're not going to take action that actively hurts us. So trust doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's, it's earned, it's gradient. And in our personal and professional relationships, we can carefully assess what degree of trust we put in people around us based on what we can reasonably rely on from them or what we can predict from them. Probably a more important and fundamental question when it comes to us as entrepreneurs, as leaders, as humans, isn't necessarily how we assess the trust of other people or the trust that we can put in other people. Of course, that's important. But more importantly, in my opinion, is how do we communicate trustworthiness to others? How do we become someone that other people can trust? And there are a couple of things to mind when I, when I think about this. And I think this is important because, oh my gosh, we're just all desperately in need of more trustworthiness in the world. So if you're listening to this and you can sort of improve your ability to set others at ease by clearly being someone who's trustworthy, then, oh my gosh, that will just I think, elevate the world a tiny bit. So I think one of the first steps to being someone who people know, believe that they can trust is that you are an other-oriented person, someone who is listening well, someone who is seeing others well, someone who is astutely observing and discerning what's going on in the people around you. And that, I think, indicates in psychological terms, attunement, that when you make a decision or when you make a statement, it's because you've you've seen and assessed who it is that is on the receiving end of that. And that obviously helps trust because people feel like, okay, you're tuned in, <laughs> you're, you're aware. So building trust is first and foremost about listening and seeing and observing. Secondly, a huge component of trust, of course, is communication and the sense in which people trust your words to stand on their own. And so often this is about simple things like when you don't know, saying you don't know, when you're tentative about something, being honest about that. You're not tentative all the time. When you're clear, you're clear. But when certainty is inflated or when your statements are 
constantly overly confident. They become not trustworthy. There's a little double check that goes on in someone's head. Like, are they sure? They really mean it? Do they really know? This is, of course, what is so hard about much of the communication around COVID-19 is that, frankly, there is just a lot of scientific uncertainty that a lot of things are not abundantly 100% clear about the best way to proceed. And I think the leaders that are honest about that are earning much more trust than the leaders who are saying, forge ahead in this direction. Don't question. It's 100% absolutely true. Nobody really believes that. And the last component of building trust that I want to mention is the more action-oriented component. So if the first one is is really listening and observing, and, and the second one is communicating in a in an honest way, even about uncertainty. Then the third one is that clear, predictable, consistent action, which is quite simply doing what you say you're going to do, following through. And when there's a deviation from the plan, clearly explaining that. It's actually quite heartbreaking for me to watch my children grow up in a world in which it feels like the grown-ups who are in charge are not safe, not trustworthy. And because I I know the psychological importance of kids being able to feel like the grown-ups are effectively in charge, you know, we don't do a lot of big political statements around our house. There's not a lot of presidential bashing, even though Rob and I both have things to say. But we we sort of protect our kids and our, our home from that. They don't get it from us, but they sort of clearly have picked up in the ethos of the world, the worlds in which they swim in, that the leader of our country is somewhat of the butt of the joke, that he's not like a grown-up that feels safe and predictable and trustworthy. He's not a smart grown-up or a listening grown-up. I mean, that's, that's a tragedy for them. I think at some small but basic level, it does erode everyone's sense of safety in the world. I think my kids feel slightly less safe because we don't have trustworthy leaders. And when I think about Minneapolis, the community that we're living in, and the absolute devastation and ugliness that George Floyd's death reveals, you know, there's this sense that it's just not safe to be human. The humans around us aren't trustworthy. Perhaps most specifically, it's not safe to be black in this community. And that's a scary and terrible way to live for everyone. Most of us will never be directly on the receiving end of brutality or systematic injustice. But living in a world in which it persists makes all of us less safe and all of us more anxious and all of us more fractured in our own souls and our own selves. So in an era of masks and fear and in our hometown right now, protests and riots, it can feel very hard to make effective, trustworthy connections with those around you in your community. Masks cover our smiles. Social distancing means that we can't really see in each other's eyes closely and easily. So we have to work harder and be more creative about how we create trust, about how we communicate the ways in which we want to make it safe for other people to be human, the ways in which we want to fight to build a world that is more trustworthy and safe for all of us. Let's listen to each other. Let's speak humbly and honestly, and let's act in ways that are consistent and predictable. 
and in keeping with what we said we would do. I do believe that small, simple movements have the power to change the world, or at least the immediate relationships right around us. Minneapolis is a beautiful, beautiful city, and I love living here. And we're doing some very hard work to heal and repair the community. So, hey, do me a favor and cheer us on from wherever you are. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.